Kia ora everyone, I'm Jess and I'm here to explain what the coronation of the new monarch is and why it matters. And to help me with that explanation is Dr Cindy McCreary, historian and senior lecturer at the University of Sydney. Thank you so much for joining us, Cindy. Now, we've had the proclamation ceremonies all over the world, including on the steps of Parliament in Wellington, and then we had God Save the King blasted over Wellington Harbour. We know King Charles is the king, so why would we need a coronation ceremony? That's a really good question, Jess, and thanks for having me on the podcast. I think what we have to remember is that the coronation ceremony is something that the British monarchy in particular insists upon. In other words, there are other monarchies in the world today, uh, including in Europe. And in those other monarchies, uh, it's simply the case that the new monarch swears an oath, but it's a really simple ceremony. It's not accompanied by the kind of pomp and circumstance that we associate with the British monarchy. But the British monarchy is very keen to show itself in the 21st century as being relevant, but also distinguish the new reign from the reign of the previous monarch. So in other words, it's really important for Charles III to distinguish his reign from that of his mother, Queen Elizabeth II. We have to wait quite a while to see that distinction happen, though, don't we? They're talking about spring next year or summer next year before this coronation happens, and that's obviously the UK season, so best part of a year away. Yes, I think we won't have to wait as long for Charles's coronation as we did for Elizabeth. So Elizabeth's coronation took place 16 months after the death of her father, George VI. Um, But there are a couple of reasons why there will be a gap. One is simply practical, that uh, it does take time to prepare a coronation. And as we know, British coronations are quite spectacular. The other reason, of course, is, is more to respect and acknowledge the commitment and the contribution made by the previous monarch. So it would be seen as unseemly in Britain if Charles III had his coronation too soon after the formal period of mourning for his mother. So I think my best guess is that the coronation will take place in the spring or summer of 2023. So can we talk a bit about that ceremony itself? What actually happens? Why is it so spectacular? What, what, and how long does it take? Is this kind of a, a couple of hours or is it all going to be done in 30 minutes? We don't know the exact plan for the coronation, but we do know that Charles has indicated, um, because of course he has sadly had a lot of time to prepare for this moment, that he has indicated his wish that the coronation be simpler, less expensive, and more diverse than the coronation of his mother. Just to to make clear, the coronation of Elizabeth II was uh, spectacular, even in a whole set of of British coronations. There were some 8,000 people uh, who congregated in Westminster Abbey. It was an incredibly lavish affair. And that was deliberate because Britain at that time in 1953 was coming out of the privations of World War II. Uh, There was very much a deliberate sense of the need to really launch this new Elizabethan age, as it was termed, in a spirit of progress, of of spectacle, and of really to encourage the entire world to see this new reign as a moment of hope. We have resolved, by the favour and blessing of Almighty God, to celebrate the solemnity of our royal coronation upon Tuesday, the second day of June in the year of grace, 1953. The coronation of Her Royal Majesty, Queen Elizabeth I think with Charles, there's sensitivity to the great sense of um, economic deprivation in the UK and elsewhere. Uh, There's great sensitivity on the part of Charles that he not be seen to be wasting money. And so I think he will have a smaller, um, more uh, modest style coronation. On the other hand, I think that there are certain things he needs to accomplish in that coronation service. Ever since 1689, the British monarch has to declare through a coronation oath, which is required by statute, their willingness to govern according to the laws of the uh, the nation. It's really important that that oath is given. 
Uh, and so that's a kind of essential part of the coronation. But there are other elements of the coronation service that are more uh, spiritual and religious uh, and that I think we will see included in Charles's uh, coronation service. So you talked about the oath there. Is there anything else that he might say or read that would modernise the coronation in any way compared to what his mum did 70 years ago? You may obtain the crown of an everlasting kingdom by the gift of him whose kingdom endureth forever. Amen. Prince Charles, the Duke of Cornwall, has joined the Queen Mother and Princess Margaret and has taken part in the splendid moment of his mother's crowning. Yes, so uh, Charles has indicated his wish that although the coronation is um, partly at least a religious service and one of the things he promises in his oath is that he will defend um, the uh, Protestant religion in Britain, um, he has indicated that he very much supports a welcome to people of other faiths and to the diversity of you know, the United Kingdom and the Commonwealth today. And that will be very much front and centre in his coronation. If you've had some time to watch the well-known, totally true Netflix documentary series, The Crown... It would help if we could decide here and now on your name. My name? Yes, ma'am. Your regnal name. Uh, That is the name you will take as Queen. Let's not overcomplicate matters unnecessarily. My name is Elizabeth. And long live Queen Elizabeth. You might remember how involved Prince Philip was in making sure the Queen's coronation was accessible. It was the first to be televised. But today's media landscape's obviously totally different. So I asked Dr McCreary, might we see Charles's coronation streamed on YouTube or maybe TikTok? Well, it, it could well be, and I'm sure that uh, different media platforms will be doing all they can to make sure that they can um, have the ceremony um, access, accessible by as many people as possible. I think one way to make it more accessible is to make it shorter. I think that we'll see it's a slimmed down version of the uh, Elizabeth's coronation service. It will be shorter. It will be seen as something that has to appeal and maintain people's attention. Um, and I think it will involve fewer royals. I don't think we'll see as many members of the royal family front and centre And indeed, we are already hearing that it's very likely that only the immediate members of Charles's family, namely uh, the Prince and Princess of Wales, William and Kate and their children, uh, George, Charlotte and Louis, will appear on the balcony with the newly crowned king and queen at Buckingham Palace after the ceremony. How much is that invite list going to be an exercise in diplomacy? Because uh, we know that almost the funeral is that way. You've got people that are invited and aren't. Donald Trump's not allowed to go. Uh, Vladimir Putin wasn't invited. Is it going to be the same thing with the coronation? It's going to be um, bringing people on board and inviting them, uh, countries and and members of the realm, who the Crown and the UK is looking to keep on side? Absolutely, Jess. And in fact, we need to remember that the coronation is actually paid for and organised by the government. So it's actually the British government, not the royal family, who send out the invitations and choose the guest list. And as you just said, it will absolutely be a way to uh, kind of indicate who's in and who's out. And in particular, I think what we'll see is a real focus on Commonwealth leaders. As well, I think that with his populist flair, Charles will insist on having representatives who are ordinary people from a whole range of backgrounds, both in and beyond Britain. So it's not just going to be government leaders, for example, who get invited to the coronation. It will be, I don't know, um, uh, members of cultural groups, 
um, people who from the NHS, for example, people who have shown in their own community leadership. And just in terms of the crowds, I mean, we've seen so many uh, to, to people turn out to see the Queen's Coffin as it's been both in Scotland and in London. Is there the same crowds expected? Does, is there any kind of procession that Charles will do um, upon that coronation to let people see him as a newly coronated king? Absolutely. I think that, that that kind of optic of crowds lining the streets will be absolutely central to the planning. And Charles, like members of the royal family and indeed the government, are very aware um, and this may sound a little crass, of the tourist value that the Queen's funeral is already generating, the, the crowds of people who are flying from overseas to be there at this moment in history. And I over, overheard an American woman talk about wanting to be there at this historic moment. The same will apply as well to the coronation without, of course, the sadness associated with the funeral. The coronation is big business in, in that regard. And I think they will do everything they can to give people sightlines um, to the, for example, the procession of the newly crowned king and queen returning to Buckingham Palace from the Abbey. Interesting stuff. So if I did get you to uh, speculate, Dr. Cindy, you're thinking it'll be less than 16 months till we see this, but we're unlikely to maybe get a date until there's been a little bit more mourning pass. Yes. Now, there has been one date suggested, but I want to emphasise that this is just one a date that I've heard mentioned. I'm not suggesting it will be the date. And that's um, a date that is very close to Elizabeth. And that is namely the same date as her coronation, the 2nd of June. Um, now, whether or not that would be seen as causing um, some issues for Charles and that it wouldn't necessarily distinguish him from his mother's coronation, I, I'm not sure. But on the other hand, I think it would be a very popular date. Clearly, Charles is hoping to ride and maintain uh, the popularity that his mother's passing has indicated for her as monarch. Um, but at the same time, he has a tricky role because he's also going to distinguish himself from her. So whether he would want to be crowned on the same day as her, uh, I, I'm not certain. But it is a day that's uh, in the summer in the UK, long days of daylight. Uh, so it would be an appropriate day uh, in that regard. For both uh, New Zealand and Australia, we have our Queen's birthday holidays. That'll change to the King's birthday holidays. And from what I've heard uh, from our Prime Minister, that date is actually unlikely to change no matter... Uh, the coronation date when I think a lot of people assumed that that was based on when the Queen was coronated. But is that not the case? Not at all. And in fact, I really want to uh, make clear in Australia, we have different state observations of the Queen's birthday. So for example, in New South Wales, where I'm uh, speaking to you from, from Sydney, um, we commemorate the Queen's birthday in June. In Queensland, it's October. In Western Australia, it's September. And it's really down to the states in Australia to decide when they wish to observe that day. But even in Britain, the Queen's birthday was never observed on her actual birthday, which was April. It was always in June. In fact, the June, um, first Saturday in June. So this is very much a movable feast. And the point about observing the Queen, or as you say, the King's birthday, is it's about what suits the local community. So for example, in Australia, the states decide how it fits in with school terms, which are not synonymous across all the states, how it fits in between the distance between other public holidays. You don't want to have it too close to too many other public holidays to give people more spaced out holidays. So there are all kinds of local um, conditions that determine when uh, the Queen, or as it will be called, the King's birthday is uh, announced. But it has very little to do with the King's actual birthday. And given that Charles's birthday is November, that's a bit close to Christmas. Um, and in, of course, in Britain itself, that's the wintertime. So it's probably unlikely that anywhere will commemorate the King's birthday on his actual birthday, which is the 14th of November. Wonderful, Cindy. I'm so glad we could bust that myth together. Thank you so much for your time. It's a great pleasure, Jess. Thanks for having me. That's it for this episode of Stuff Explained. I'm Jess McCarthy, and on behalf of executive producer Jono Williams, thank you for listening. 
You can find more Stuff Explained online at stuff.co.nz and get our latest episodes wherever you get your podcasts.